Good morning. Welcome to Harvest Bible Church. So excited for you to be here and online. I do have a few announcements, exciting announcements. Um, so our School of the Bible will be starting soon. We will be announcing the date um, soon. But to get your workbooks in, we will have envelopes outside in the lobby that you can pre-order your workbooks or devotionals. They are $5 each, so you can just fill out the envelope, put your payment in, and put it in the Dropbox. We'll have it right out there so you can get your workbook. So ready to go for our Unit 3, which will be happening soon in the next a month or so, so please look out for that. But if you have any questions or anything, we will have all the envelopes right out there for you to pick up before or after service. <laughs> also, <laughs> I know, can I have, it's an exciting Sunday morning. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> well, we have our water baptism. Yes, we will have it su- Sunday, September 10th. What an amazing decision. What an intimate moment between you and God. That will be September 10th, right after our morning service. If you are interested, you can register online on our website or on the Church Center app. Just go ahead and register, fill out the um, questions, and you're ready to go for September 10th. And what an amazing, amazing moment. And, and there's many rewards. I mean, how, you can't get better than that. <laughs> So go ahead and register. It'll be September 10th, right after our morning service. Also, guys, you have spoken. We have heard. It'll be some quick planning, but we have a men's retreat. Save the date. It will be the weekend of September 15th through the 17th. We will have more details to come in the next week or two, but save the date. It's going to be an exciting time. We heard you guys. I know you guys were bummed thinking the ladies got it all this year. We heard you. Don't worry. I'm going to have a craft for you guys. Lots of glitter. But it's going to be an exciting time. So save the date, September 15th through the 17th. <laughs> well, that's it for announcements. I wish everyone an amazing Sunday. Junior high, you are dismissed. Oh, you know, you know one of these times we're going to take Leticia up, Leticia up on that craft. You know, but uh, she keeps promising that, but we, we, we keep letting her know that's not a good thing. Anyways, hallelujah. Hey, also about School of the Bible, if you didn't get to come to any of the other classes or you did get to come, but you want to refresh yourself, you know, all of the past classes are on our, uh, you know, on our app and everything that we have with Harvest Bible Church. You can actually go back and press on uh, uh, School of the Bible and you can actually go back and watch everything there. So and still go back and redo and see what all was taught and what all was shared, just if you wanted to catch up. Uh, you know, the biggest thing is we're going through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and we're doing some things there, just doing line upon line, precept upon precept, so that you'll get a good foundation. It's often been said that if you can get Genesis chapter 1 through 12 rooted and grounded on the inside of you, hallelujah, you'll stick with it. Glory to God, because if you can believe that God created the heavens and the earth... And you can believe about Noah's Ark and you can begin to believe about all the things and it helps you understand why we have evil, evil in the world and all the different things. If you have a good foundation, everything else works. Thank you for your overwhelming response. You know, I'm a New Testament person. You know, I know you know that. I always teach out of the New Testament. I do a lot of that because I believe that's where we live and what we need to take hold of. But thank God for the Old Testament. Thank God for the roots. Thank God for those things that are there that establish us. 
You know, that's the biggest thing that uh, colleges do and all the professors do in college that want to deter the Bible is they want to say, hey, you know, they don't have to say that John 3.16 is not true. All they got to say is it's impossible for Noah to have put all those animals on the boat. It's impossible for God to create the world in seven days or six days, you know, and rest. It's impossible for all these different things to take place. You know, the Tower of Babel, all these things to come against it. And then it's like you get you to thinking, but see, now, just, just, just now, come on, think, look at you. Isn't it amazing that they want you to be God instead of God to be God? I'm so glad that God's bigger than you and he's bigger than your brain, your imagination. I'm so glad that God's God. Amen. It's so funny with people, you know, praise God. We always have a tendency to put God down to our size instead of us rising up and trying to raise up to what he called us to be. Amen. Isn't it amazing? I mean, man, remember Moses got really in trouble. When he said, God, how are you going to do this? You never ask God how he's going to do something. You get in big trouble with it. Remember? Because God said, okay, I'll give him meat. And Moses went, oh, how can you do this? We got 600,000 men, not counting women and children. Are you going to kill all of our cattle? You're going to kill everything? I would. How are you going to? You can't do this, is what he basically said. And what God say? How? How? He said how three times. How? He said, watch this. I'm going to give you so much meat, it's going to come out your nose. And he caused all of the, you know, God, you know, it's so funny. Because, and then here's the funny thing about it. Remember Hezekiah? You know, the prophet of God come. This is not my message. This is just extra. The, the prophet of God, Hezekiah came in. You know, Hezekiah, Isaiah goes to Hezekiah and he says, hey, set your house in order for today you shall surely die. Now we know when the prophets in the Old Testament said something, and it didn't come to pass. They died. But most, you know, almost all the time when the prophet said that, it came to pass. So Hezekiah turns his face to the wall. Aren't you glad for that? He turns his face to the wall and just begins to repent, cries out to God. And before Isaiah can get out of the courtyard, God says, hey, go back. I've heard his cry. I've seen his tears. Go back and tell him I'm going to give him 15 more years. So he comes back and says, hey, Hezekiah, God's heard your cries. God's heard your tears. He says, he's going to give you 15 more years. Now, here's Hezekiah. How do I know this is going to be real? Not a very big faith statement, is it? How do I know this? Because he had two word of the Lord's. He had two word of the Lord's. One was, you're going to die. And the next one was, hey, God's going to give you 15 more years. How am I going to know this? And isn't it funny because, you know, what kind of sign? So then Isaiah says, okay, here's a sign. Do you want God to turn the sundial ahead, you know, 10 degrees? Or do you want him to turn it back 10 degrees? Here's the funny thing. What did Hezekiah say? Oh, to go ahead 10 degrees is easy. Hezekiah, where were you when God created the earth and the sun and the whole solar system? How many know if you do something out of whack in the solar system, everything crashes into each other? It collapses. It's such in a perfect order. It all has to function together. How many know that? How many know that God's the only one that can, you know, so, so it's funny. So he says, so, so make it go backwards 10 degrees. So he makes it go back 10 degrees, you know, and that's 15 minutes. Hallelujah. And then we know when good old Joshua prayed, hallelujah, he, had the, he stopped the earth for 23 hours and 45 minutes. Hallelujah. That's where we get our one-day loss, which is what scientists says. That's why we have to have leap year every four years. And the scientists, you know, they don't know where they We know one, there was some way back in time we lost a day. <laughs> 
No, they'll tell you it's in all science books. It's in all the science. Why do we have leap year? Why do we have leap year? Because somewhere back in time, we, we lost a day. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Now, they may not have that in the science books anymore because they don't want to prove anything. Amen. But why do I share this with you? It's because what happens to us is that we have a tendency to put God in a box. And it messes things up. Amen. Uh, so we don't want to put God in a box. Glory to God. Amen. We want to allow God to be God in our lives. You know, this past week, we've got a lot of things going on. There's been a lot of bad news come for t- in, in individuals' lives and things like that. I've been praying for a lot of folks. You know, we had, we want to keep, you know, the Paler family uh, in our prayers. Uh, Junior's younger brother passed away this week. And, uh, uh, and so, you know, we, we look at things and then of course there's been diagnosis given to certain people in our church and different things about cancer. Two people in our church have been diagnosed with cancer. Hallelujah. And then there's just been the enemy bombarding and trying to stop this or stop that or hurting this and, and then operations and different things. So, uh, you know, and I thought, you know, when the enemy, you know, he comes in like a flood, thank God, God raises up a standard against them. Amen. And sometimes we need to know how to handle it. So this morning's message is going to be pastoral. I've been doing a lot of pastoral messages, but that's because I'm your pastor. <laughs> okay? But also because I want you to continue to keep walking and keep fighting the good fight of faith. Amen? Because that is the fight that we have is the fight of faith. Amen? Hallelujah. So my title this morning is Facing the Giants. I figured I'd take that from the good old movie that everybody watched many years ago. And uh, they had, a, you know, of course, it was about a, 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 a private school going up against all these other bigger schools. But, you know, we face a lot of giants in our lives. We face them. We may not, there's a song that's out there. We may not face Goliath, but we've still got giants. We've still got things. Any, anything that's a giant is a voice that's rising up and telling you, this is what I'm going to do. This is your life. Amen. That's a giant in your life. Anything that's telling you you can't, anything you're telling that you're not going to get well, anything you tells you you're not going to make it, anything tells you you're not going to have, you're not going to be able to do things, anything that's coming against the word of God in your life is a giant. But aren't you glad, hallelujah, that we're giant killers? Hallelujah. Amen. That, that we can slay the giants. Amen. Hallelujah. We can allow God to be God. And... Uh, uh, you know, many times it's been said this, it's a whole lot easier to profess Christianity than it is to live it. It's a whole lot easier to proclaim faith than it is, hallelujah, to walk it out, you know. And uh, you, know, you ask yourself, what happens when you get into some of the most uncomfortable positions in your life? What do you do when you get into a situation where... Uh, uh, Things aren't working out the way they are. While I'm talking to you, go to John chapter 10, okay? John chapter 10. We're going to look at a very familiar passage of Scripture here. But aren't you glad we can put you in remembrance of the Word of God? Hallelujah. Because God loves you. I love you. And we're going to stand our ground and we're going to believe God. Amen? You know, I'd rather go down swinging than standing there taking the third strike. Amen. I mean, I, I'm going to go down swinging. I'm going to go down swinging. Hallelujah. I don't care who I'm faced, no matter what goes on in my life, you've got to prove to me that you can beat me in anything and everything. You know, I, I remember I was playing tennis with a friend of mine way back, way back, and uh, we were doing stuff and playing tennis, and uh, he goes, 
can't you just have fun? And I said, listen, this is fun. I am destroying you. (laughs) I said, I only have fun if I'm playing with tennis with my wife, hallelujah, or my, you know, at that time, I didn't have any grand, or I'm doing it with my kids to help them. But if I'm playing another adult, it's only fun if I win. He said, you know, it it is what it is. I said, I can't help that. It's just me. You know, now I've toned down a lot growing older. It's a whole lot easier. Hallelujah. You know, and, um, (laughs) amen. Hallelujah. I have, I have. I still like to finish though. You know, one of the things you have to look at yourself is when we're facing giants of sickness, because when you get, you know, when you get a sentence of death or you get a sentence of this is what it is or this is a, you know, everybody talks about the incurable, impossible, all that. How many of you know God, God heals the incurable, God does the impossible? Amen? He does. And, and the enemy is always telling us lies. You know, one of his three main lies is this, is that you have little value, which means you're worthless. Or you have little faith, which means you're faithless. Or you have little ability, which means you're useless. And you are neither worthless, you are neither faithless, and you are neither useless. You are valuable and precious to God. Valuable and precious. And the reason I want to share this with you is because most people have no faith in their faith. Thank you for that dead silence. That's exactly what I wanted you to do. Because there's a huge line there there, in an understanding of some things. Because you have, if you only have faith in your faith alone, you'll fail. But if you only have faith in God's faith alone, you won't succeed. Thank you for your overwhelming response. And if you don't understand how to exercise your faith... In, and have faith in God's faith and have faith in God's word to receive. Because if you don't grab a hold of this this morning, this will help you immensely. It'll help you to understand how to walk some things out and how to do the impossible and how to receive the impossible. Amen? It's how to face your giants and fight for, uh, have the fight of faith, believing that what God said is true. We sing all the songs about what God will do, that when we pray, God hears and God answers. But how does God answer? Some people think God says, wait a while. Some think God says, maybe, you know. The Bible says only yes or no. That's how God answers. It's either yes or no. And God always says no to things that aren't in his word in the sense of, you know, of what connects it. But God always says yes to everything that's in his word. Amen? Because if he said yes once, it's yes always. If he said yes once, he's, it's, it's yes always. Amen? Because you have to look at yourself and say, hey, I'm valuable. You have value. You say, yeah, but I only got a little faith. Praise God, all you need is the faith of a grain of mustard seed. Littlest thing. In the, that's all you need is just a little faith. And glory to God, it'll work. You can say to this mountain, move. You got it. You're good. You know? You say, well, I don't have the ability. I'm not really talented. It doesn't matter. Hallelujah. You use what you do. God uses everybody's, where God, everybody's at. God will use what you have. Amen. God, God loves, loves when people believe him. Amen? He loves that. 
I mean, we need to understand that, that the truth is we are so valuable and so many, and you need to declare my faith works because my faith is in God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You have to know. Say, well, how do we, how do we juggle this fact of this? First of all, you got to believe that you can believe. You got to believe you're a believer. You know, we look at sinners, we look at the world, the world's sinning, they're doing a great job. They're in delusion, okay? They're delusional out there. They're crazy. And we want to look to the world for answers. We can't look to the world for answers. Listen, you, you better know your heart and you better know the Spirit of God and you better know your Bible because the world is going to create a, a place and a thing. They're already trying to do this with all the AI and all the things there, trying to convince you that they're right. Amen. But we don't walk in fear because we know the truth. When you know the truth, it sets you free. Amen? It sets you free. I mean, Moses only had a rod. But that rod, hallelujah, through Moses, brought the greatest empire of the world at that time to its knees. Wiped them completely out and took all their spoils. Amen? I mean, we look at that. I mean, here's Rahab the harlot who hides the two spies. All she's got is a scarlet thread, but she hangs that out the window. And the Bible says she, not only did she save herself, but she, she delivered her whole family. It's the only part of the wall that didn't fall. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, we, what about the woman that had just a little bit of oil? She went to the prophet and said, they're going to take my sons because my husband left us in debt. He said, what do you got? She said, all I've got is a little oil. He goes, go ahead and get a whole bunch of pots. And she pours those things and kept pouring until they ran out of pots. Then he said, now go sell it and pay your debt. But all she had is this little bitty thing here. This little thing. I, I, like, I like good old Samson. All he had was the jawbone of a donkey. Killed a thousand guys with that dude. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. You know, we say, what about this one in the New Testament? It's awesome. It's little boy's lunch. He's got a little boy's lunch. He gives it to Jesus and he feeds 5,000. Amen. Now, you do realize he fed 5,000 men, not counting the women and children were there. So he fed a whole lot more than 5,000. We just say that because 5,000 is a lot. <laughs> Amen? All the way through in the, in, in the Bible, it talks about people who didn't have much, but when they gave it to God, it became much. Amen? Here in John chapter 10, verse 10, says there's a thief that comes to steal, kill, and to destroy, but I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. In the New Living Translation, it says this, the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy. He says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I like the way the King James Version says, because it says that I give you life and that you might have life more abundantly. The Zoe life of God, the actual life, spiritual nature of God. You know, when you got born again, your spirit is what got made new. The spirit man on the inside, you became a brand new creation in Christ. Now, your mind still was the old ugly mind. Hallelujah. But it needed to be renewed, and it still needs to be renewed. You do realize that you are saved, your spirit is saved, your soul is being saved, and your body will yet be redeemed and be saved because you're going to get a new one. Amen? And you do realize if you don't renew your mind that your, your soul can, can still act the way it's always acted. Amen? It can mess you all up. You know, I asked the Lord one time, I said, Lord, I know that, you know, you identified that you were tempted in all of the same things that I'm tempted in and you did it without sin. 
I know that the Father God, he, he you know, he doesn't even, you know, give any knowledge. I mean, he's never even, you know, experienced anything that I'm experiencing, and yet he has this great love toward me. I know that you understand what I'm going through. I know that it did not affect you, and you always overcame it. But I want to know how I can overcome. How do I not let poverty or sickness or abandonment or rejection or fear, how do I not let these things get to me? I know I can't stop them from coming, but I can stop entertaining them. How do I deal with these things? He said, I told you what to do all all through the word of God. I said, okay, so we always got to look to the word because the word of God has all the answers. Amen? I mean, it's hard. Do you ever notice that we talk about God the Father and yet God the Father can be so far out here, you know? He can be so far out because see, uh, uh, you know, God the Father, he he doesn't, you know, he's never had to deal with any of that stuff because he's God. But Jesus came down in the form of man. He dealt with us. Because, you know, God the Father, you know, people say, oh, the Lord is good, that God's so good. How many know that goodness came from God? He's not good, even though he is good, because he said only, only he's good. How can you call me good? Don't call, call He's only good. He said because goodness came from God. All of the attributes came from God. God, you know, I mean, yeah, he's good. I mean, but he is the all in all. So it's like, oh, wow. You know, when I was going to Bible school, let me give you a really good example. When I was going to Bible school, I went to Raymond, and so we had, we had Brother Hagin, senior, Kenneth Hagin, senior. And when I was here, I was a young guy, and I'm watching this, this man of God, you know, at that time, uh, he was, he was uh, 61 years old, and so he was teaching and sharing, and, he, and the God was used and the power, and I just thought, I ain't never going to get there. <sighs> I ain't never, I mean... I, I say, never going to get that spiritual. I ain't going to never know that much. Uh, and God, you're never going to use me like that. that, that that's an impossibility. I just, I can't comprehend this. I'm learning, I'm growing, but I just can't relate. Just can't relate. And I was thinking, ah, how can I do this? And now that what I'm about to say, this doesn't put Pastor Hagen down, okay? He's Pastor Hagen, you know, in that. But anyways, Pastor Hagen was his son, okay? And, and uh, so we're out on the football field and we're playing against his team and I'm on, one, I'm on the green team, he's on his red team and we're playing against each other and he's acting normal. I mean, he's yelling, screaming, upset, mad, all kinds of stuff and doing things and then we get into a church service and God uses him to do something. I go, I, I, can, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. Whoa, I need to get, I need to see the talk. I can do that. I can act stupid over here and then God can still use me here. Hallelujah. <laughs> I mean, he, he set me free. I'm so glad that football was in the fall. If it would have been in the spring, I'd have been lost the whole school year. But man, because we were doing this the very first month and doing everything and, 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 and against his team and against, and I saw that, I thought, oh God, I can't, Lord, thank you. You, you, you. I can do that. Amen. It, it is this. And, and I'm taking this some way here, you know, because the life of God in you how many know the kingdom of God is within you? How many know the answers to every problem is within you? Okay? It's not out here. 
when you get a diagnosis or whenever the giants come against you and the giants try to, to come against you and these things here, whether it's disappointment, whether it's discouragement, whether it's fear, like I said, whether it's rejection, whether it's sickness, whether it's poverty, whatever it is that's coming against you, the answer is in here. Because you have to believe that God's going to speak to you in your heart because the answer's in the word of God, but the answer's coming kind of come out of you because the kingdom of God is within you. Amen? And so you ask yourself, you know, the life of God flows out the cures for every problem that we need. Amen? Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Amen? Hallelujah. The Bible talks about that we've got that. But how do we step, you know, how do we tap into that? And how do we stay there? Amen? So I'm going to give you three things here. I'm going to give you a lot of things, but I'm going to give you some things. I want to give you things that will help you. They said, well, how do you know? You probably never faced what I faced. Probably not. I've probably faced greater. But the key is, I, you know, and, and what we've dealt with, what we go through. But see, I'm anointed to preach the gospel, but I'm not anointed to live it. I got to live it the same way you do. I got to speak to the mountains. I got to take the word of God. I got to speak my faith. I got to deal with, I got to take authority over fear. I got to do all the things that I teach to you, share to you. I got to do them too. God just doesn't do special things for me just because of who I am. I wish he did. I asked him that one time. I give my whole life up for you. What going on? I know you never talk to God like that, but I do. You know, I think I've done enough. Do you ever think you've done enough? That's when God says, you ain't even got started yet. Come on, giggle. How much is enough compared to eternity? <laughs> Here's the very first thing that you've got to do. You know, I've been sharing with you that we've got the answers. The world is bombarding you and telling you that you're wrong. The world is trying to tell you that there's no hope, or the world's trying to tell you that they're the only answer. Listen, the only answer is Jesus. The only answer is the Word of God. You've got the truth. You've got... So the very first thing is you've got to agree and agree with yourself that the Spirit of God lives in you, that His life is in you, that the Zoe life of God, I've got the life of God living in me. I am born again. I'm a child of God. I'm a citizen of heaven. Hallelujah. Amen? Because if you don't agree with yourself, you're going to always have a battle. The Bible says, in your patience, possess ye your soul. Because your soul is always going to go with the facts. It's always going to go with who's the loudest and who looks the prettiest and who looks like they make the most sense. Okay? I guarantee you, AI and everybody in the world is going to make the most sense in these last days. But I don't want to look foolish. <laughs> yeah, and you're going to do without. Because you've got to be bold in the things of God and you can't care. It, it, you know, how many of you know you're not going to get rewarded for your success? That went over real well, too. See, that's one of the biggest problems in the body of Christ is that the whole world is all about success. You don't get rewarded for your success. You get rewarded for your faithfulness. You get rewarded for your faithfulness and you also get rewarded for your obedience. You know, why in the middle? Do you ever read the book of Isaiah, right? In the middle of Isaiah, God tells Isaiah to run around naked for three years. Time out. Time out, God. <laughs> Time out. The prophet of God. The only book that we have in its entirety now that God sustained because out of that book comes everything connected to every other 66 books. 
He had a 39 of the old, 27 of the new. And everything is connected to Isaiah because in every other book of the Bible, it's all wrapped up. It's connected to Isaiah. There's a scripture from every other book in Isaiah that they quoted. It's all tied together. It all works. And yet God tells this incredible prophet of God, hey, why don't you do this? Another time he tells the prophet of God, he says, why don't you go ahead and, and uh, you know, marry a harlot, you know, a prostitute. <laughs> You're thinking, Jesus. That's why the Old Testament can get you all messed up. But it wasn't about success. It's about obedience. Because there was types and shadows of what was, God was proving a point. In every area, he was proving a point. He was doing things. Amen? We see things here in the Word of God. But if you don't agree that God's life is in you, that's the first step. Because you can't walk together with God. You've got to agree, God lives in me. His life is in me. Amen? You also got to believe this. You got to believe what the Word of God says in your life, that your beliefs in God's Word changes the circumstances. Circumstances do not change what you believe. Never. Even if you don't get your prayers answered and some things you were believing for, but, but the word of God says this is the way it should be and this is the way it is. I've got to believe this is the way it's supposed to be even though this didn't turn out that way. And that's the hardest thing because we've got to walk by faith. Amen. God loves it so much when you walk by faith when you don't know why and how or when or how come. But you just trust him. Amen. And we get all nervous about it because when we hear things and we see things, it messes us all up. Hallelujah. And here's the third thing you got to do. And this is the hardest thing is that you got to know with your heart and speak with your mouth that it is true despite what anything or what anybody else says that God's word is so. And that's the hardest thing, especially when people say, well, you didn't get this or you didn't receive this. or this is No, I got to know with my heart and speak with my mouth that it is true despite what anything or anybody else says. I'm believing what the Word of God says. I got to believe what the Word of God says. Amen. I've got to believe this. Hallelujah. Because faith changes things. It never denies things. It changes things. Amen. See, reality doesn't change faith. Faith changes the reality of things. Faith doesn't say something doesn't exist. Faith just says it can't exist in my life. It can't stay. It has to go. It doesn't have a right to be there because I've been born again because I'm a child of God. I've got promises. Jesus said, this is what he did for me. Jesus bore my infirmities and carried my sicknesses so I don't have to. Jesus is, by Jesus' stripe, we were healed. Isaiah said, we are healed. If we were and we are, then we is. Amen? Hallelujah. The psalmist said of David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and for Forget not all of his benefits. Amen. I got a benefit package. Hallelujah. I got health insurance. Hallelujah. He says, you know, who forgives all of my iniquities. Glory to God. I'm forgiven. All of my sins are covered. Who heals all of my diseases. Not some of them. All of them. Amen. I don't have to die with sickness or disease. I can just say, hey, there's Jesus. Let's go. Amen. I can, you know, draw up my knees as they did in the Old Testament and say, hey, I'm going home today. God bless y'all. Have a good time. 
You know, hallelujah. You know, you just deny the right for it to exist or to stay in your life. But you got to believe that your faith will work for you. Your faith in God. Remember what Jesus told the, there was some blind people that came to Jesus, blind men that came to Jesus. He said, do you think, are you, you think I'm able to do this? They said, yes, Lord. He goes, okay, let it be unto you according to your faith. And they were healed. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? She said, and she touched his garment. She got healed. Jesus said, who touched me? They're like, everybody's touching you. Everybody's touching you. He goes, I know that. But somebody touched me with a hand of faith. And she came in and told him all things. He said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Well, if her faith will make her well, your faith can make you well. Your faith can do the things that you can do. Amen? We assuredly have faith in God because he told us that, you know, Mark eleven twenty two 22 through 24, when it talks about things, it's talking about us. But I like John 15, 7, when it says, if, if you remain in me, if you, you know, abide in me, the King James says, if you abide in me, if you remain in me and my words abide in you or they remain in you, amen, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done for you. It's you, 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 you. You believe. Now, if he'd have just said, if you, if you abide in me, well, praise God, we'd have all been easy. But he didn't say, he says, you've got to believe in me and my word's got to abide in you and you've got to take my word and that's what does. Here's one of the biggest things that I found out. Most people don't believe their faith in God will work because the minute that you get something, and, and here's another thing. Most people are thinking, how does it work? I don't understand how to get this thing to work. How does faith, I don't understand the process. People die during the process because they think it's a process. Faith is now. We don't care about the process. Faith is believing. Now, I'm going to share something with you. You know, I'm not going to share that with you. No, I'm not. Hallelujah. That's not good. We're not going to do that because we don't want to wipe out your faith. So we're not going to share that with you. Thank you, Lord, for arresting me on that. Amen. You need to understand that because, see, truth will always override fact. But if you, you, most people, like I said, don't believe that their faith, you know, in God will work. And you've got to believe that. You've got to have trust in him. Listen, if you're born again, if you're born again, if you've made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you've exercised your faith for the greatest thing you're ever going to exercise it. Everything else is easy. Healing is easy. Prosperity is easy. You know, encouragement instead of discouragement. Faith over faith. It's easy. We've made it hard because we have so many teachers who want to tell you how to do A, B, C, D, including myself, you know, and try to do things and get you to understand. We try to break it all down. But here, you have already made, and if you know, you believed in your heart, you've confessed, and you believe that, hallelujah, then everything else is easy. Remember what Jesus said in Luke there, in Luke chapter 5, they, the, they, the friends brought that guy there, the house was all full, they ripped the roof off, they lower him down, Jesus says he sees their faith, and he tells the man, your sins are forgiven, and everybody goes ballistic in there, because it's the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the lawyers and all this, who can forgive sin but God alone? And Jesus said, let me just share something. What is it easier? To say his sins be forgiven or take up your bed and walk? Just so you know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins and he also has power for healing. He says the same thing. He said, take up your bed and walk. And the guy gets up and he gets healed and he walks out. Because it's the same thing. Same way you got saved is the same way you get healed. 
Same way you got saved is the same way you get, you get prosperity. Same way you get healed, same way you get joy. Same way you got healed is the same way you get peace. You believe in your house and you believe in your heart and you say something. You got to believe the word of God. What does God's word say? Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. Man, I got to get these notes. It's going to be a good message this morning. <laughs> Go back and make some good ones here. But the, he said, my joy I give to you. Well, you have a body that don't understand what I'm going through. I totally understand that. That's why it's called the sacrifice of joy, which is the fruit of your lips giving thanks unto his name. Hallelujah. That's why you got to offer up the sacrifice of praise. Hallelujah. It's a sacrifice. There are times when you got to praise when you don't want to. Amen. It's because it's what the word of God says. It's what we take hold of. It's what we do. Hallelujah. Amen. Here's another thing that people do. Many people don't believe in themselves. They don't believe in what Christ has done for them. Yeah, but pastor, I blew it. God, God told me when I first got saved, I was supposed to do this. Welcome to the club. Hallelujah. Welcome to Christianity 101. We've all not been obedient to all of our heavenly callings. I wish I could be like Paul and say, I have been obedient. You know, in Acts 26, I have been obedient to my heavenly calling. Amen. I started out at 19 years of age. I've been in ministry all of my entire life since then. Given I've been in church, been saved, and I've given everything, but I haven't done everything right. I believe I'm doing it, fin- doing, finishing the call of God, doing it. I'm in my 45th year of being in ministry and having fun. Hallelujah. 45 years. 45 years of doing this. And I feel stronger. And I just, I'm just got so much vision on the inside of me. I feel like I finally learned something. <laughs> I'm almost a slow learner. I mean, you guys are a lot faster, but I'm, I'm believing you're a lot faster than me. But here's the thing is that I began to say, okay, Lord, how? how what is this? But you got to believe that what Jesus did for you and all that he did. Amen? Hallelujah. You got to believe it. Hallelujah. You know, that what God, it's funny that we're, we're so apt to believe the worst. I mean, we're so quick to believe, you know, uh, uh, everything about our unworthiness, our uselessness, our unfitness, our weakness, our lack of faith. You know, we're, we're so much worthy to compare ourselves to everybody else and say, well, they're just, they don't have that. They haven't gone through what I've gone through. And now, oh, man, I've been so this and I've been so that. Hey, just stop. And just say, God, I love you. And you love me. Hey, how about working with this mess? You're, 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 you're great at fixing messes. You know, how about just, just dealing with, how about some grace and some mercy here? You know, thank God for, for, the, for the grace and the mercy of God. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, here's a big key. Here's a big key for us. You need to believe that God dealt with Satan personally for you. God defeated Satan personally for me. Let's make this personal. Amen? Let's make it personal. I remember hearing a story. This, this girl came to, to the pastor and came to him and said, Hey, I, I want you to tell me something. I want to ask you a question. He's like, Oh boy, this is like a big thing. She said, I, I want to ask you a question. She said, He goes, Okay, okay, well, I, I'll answer it if I can. He said, Well, he said, uh, You know, you know my family. You know, my family over here, you know, my mama, you know, my dad, you know, all my, and you know how, how faithful our family is and how they go to church all the time, how we're here at every service, how, how we're always here and, and what's going on. And, you know, we're here in church all the time. He said, and you know, my husband's family. 
you know, they're in and out, up and down, all around, you know. They, they come very, you know, very seldom, very things, you know, what's going on? And, uh, he, and so he said, you know, she goes, well, yeah. He goes, well, you haven't asked me a question. You've just told me something. He said, well, here's my question. How come every time my husband's family, they actually get it, they come forward and, and you lay hands on them, they get healed. How come when my family comes forward, they don't get nothing? It's a great question. It's a great question. He said, well, he said, I really don't know why in one sense, but I can tell you something about your husband's family. He said, when they come, they're not coming based upon what they've done in the sense that they've been in church. (laughs) They're coming and throwing themselves on the mercy of God. And they're coming. He says, there's several things about them. They're very quick to repent. He said, you know, the second thing about them, they're very quick to believe. Third thing about them is they're very quick to receive. That's why they get it. Now, not putting your family down over here, but you guys are here. And you're saying, God, you should do this for me. I'm here. You know what I do? I pray. I sing. I do Sunday school. I mean, you know, faith is not based on what you do, your merit. But if you'd come and say, God, I just need you. I'm going to be quick to believe. I'm going to be quick to repent. And I'm going to be quick to receive. Amen. See, the thing about it is, is that we have a tendency to say this. I remember I was working with a guy. We, we, we reupholstered 1,500 chairs in the church that I pastored in Pittsburgh. Redid them all. They were all theater seats. They were, and we redid everything. I mean, I, I, I stripped them all down. I stained them, did everything, and then all the seats we redid them. So we had an assembly line back. You know, fifteen hundred chairs is a lot, and so we're stapling the bottom. And all of a sudden, this guy takes the electric staple and he throws it up against the wall. It's just me and him in the back. I said, "What happened?" He said, "You'd think God would heal me because I'm doing this for Him." And I thought, "Here's a great time to teach." Hallelujah. You know, he's an older gentleman, so I had to be careful. And, uh, you know, because I'm a young guy at that time. You know, I've been here 29 years, so, so I, was, I had to be a lot younger way back then. Anyway, so I just started to, I said, well, let, let me just share with you. Listen, you can't get brownie points with God. <laughs> you can't earn your merit badge. This isn't the Cub Scouts or the Boy Scouts. This is not a club where, where we earn things. The wonderful thing about this, that when we get born into this club, we get everything. So God does, listen, you don't have to, God wants to heal you just to heal you. You don't have to do anything for him. You don't have to be here and do this, think you're doing something to get something. Because you can't do that. God doesn't work on the barter system. God works on faith. God works on trust. Amen? Hallelujah. We've all been made righteous by the blood of the Lamb. We've all got the same redemption. We've all got the same rights and privileges. We've all got the same. Amen? Amen. The key is we just got to know the truth. When you know the truth, it changes everything. But even if you know the truth and you don't think it's for you personally, it won't work. You got to make this a personal gospel. You've got to believe that. Because the minute that you hear a truth and you go, Oh, that's great. That's right. The enemy says, oh, you think so? Watch. Let's come test you. Let's come try you. Let's come mess with you. 
I know you don't like that, but I don't either. But he does. And God says, yes, yes, my son's being tested, being tried. Watch him come out of this tried like fire. Going to come out in the power of the Spirit of God. He's going to come out blessed. He's going to come out doing things. And the devil's going to be in trouble. Because what the devil intended for evil, God is going to turn around and make it good. God's going to turn around and make it good. Because you are of God. We are of God. We belong to God. Hallelujah. We belong to God. Amen. We got to take hold of the truths of the word of God. Amen. And we got to know that word because when we know that word, it changes everything. Amen. It changes everything. And see, people always say, well, you're just bragging. No, I'm bragging on who Jesus is. But I'm a child of God. I'm bragging on me as a Christian. I'm a child of God. I belong to God. He's my father. Here's the thing. God's not a God of either or. We mess up all the time. We say, well, it's got to either, I, uh, maybe it's going to be, oh, it's either this or this. No, God's a God also. God loves to do also. He loves to do everything. Now just think about it. We need to teach on that sometime just to tell you. God's a God also. You know, most people believe it's an either, it's an either or in, in, in some things instead of God can do this plus this. God can do some things here. Amen. If you'll let God be God in your life and you'll let God get bigger, it'll change you. You know, I started out saying, you know, a lot of people have been attacked and we're praying and we're believing in it, but we got to get them to see of what God says of what they're doing. Amen? Because we got to get to the place where we know our faith in God will work for us. That's the first thing. You got to have faith in God. Faith in God that his, our faith in God will work And you got to know that your faith is strong enough to receive it. Receive it. Mark eleven twenty four says, Therefore, what things have you desire when you believe? Hallelujah. You believe that you receive it. Amen. And you shall have it. But you got to believe that you receive it. But it's our faith that is the one that believes that we can receive. We have faith in God. He can do it. That's great. But we got to have faith in God. He will. Amen. Everybody has faith in the ability of God. Most people have the biggest problem with the willingness of God. Is he willing? Well, if he said it in his word, if he did it once, he'll do it again. And if he did it for anybody, he'll do it for everybody. Whosoever. What's it? What do we tell people about salvation? No, you're not too far gone. God will do it. God will save you. If you confess your sins, you ask him to figure it. You can do it. Amen? You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. We always quote the last part of that verse, but the very first part of it says, you are of God. You know, you're a thing. You're the authority. You're the power. You've got this. Amen? Our faith in God will work. Amen? Hallelujah. And you've heard me say this, and we're going to try to wind this thing down. You ready? Or wind it up, whatever we're going to do. Hallelujah. Is that... Did you know that you can't get any higher spiritually than you are right now? You can't get any better standing with God than you are right now if you're born again. You can't get any better standing tomorrow than you have today if you're saved. Now, I don't say you couldn't be more obedient and receive things from God better and no more. But what I said, you can't get any higher spiritually because you're already born again. You're already seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus. Amen. You can't get any higher. Most of the time what happens to us is that we're always trying to, to think, we, okay, God, if I do this, if I did this, if I do this, you know, hallelujah, then you're going to do this. The enemy always keeps us looking at our past failures and looking in the past, you know, 
He always defeats us by that. And when, the way he defeats us is because we find the truth in God's word. We believe when God says, by his stripes we're healed, or my God's going to meet and supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Or it says God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Or God says that you're accepted in the beloved. Hallelujah. I love you. I've blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. I've anointed you. I've appointed you. I, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. God said, you know, you don't have to walk around like this because of the greater one on the inside of you. Amen. Hallelujah. God's decreeing and he's declaring. He said all of these wonderful things. And you look at this and you go, oh, isn't that nice? Isn't that wonderful? But you've got to have faith to believe, to receive, and to take hold and say, it is mine. I believe that. Amen? Because here's the thing. No one in this room has a better right to use the name of Jesus and the word of God than you. This is all about you. And you've got the power to believe what God says so that you can be healed, you can be filled, you can be, receive everything God has. You just can't be afraid to say it. You can't be afraid to not do it. You have to do it. You have to say it. You have to do it. What am I saying? You have to say the word of God and you got to do the word of God. You got to be doers of the word of God and not hearers only. You got to say the word of God. You got to do the word of God. And I also tell you, you got to receive it. First thing I like to say this, you got to receive it first. Once you receive, once you know it's yours, then it's easy to say, hey, that's mine. Healing is mine. Prosperity is mine. Joy is mine. Peace is mine. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. I'm accepted. God loves me. God loves me. God's taking care of me. He's my father and I'm his very own son. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's personal. It's personal. God made it personal. Amen. Hallelujah. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter what any doctor says. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter what any economist says. It doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter what my mom said, my dad said. It doesn't matter what anybody says. Glory to God. It only matters what God said about me. That's who I, and what I believe about that, what I receive about that, is what I can have. Amen? So you've got to say it. You've got to do the word of God. You've got to receive that word of God. And here's another thing. You need to tell people what you got. And that's the biggest thing. Our testimony. Our testimony. How do we overcome? What does Revelation say? We overcome the enemy. How? By the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. What is a testimony? It means we went through a test and we came out alive. We need to start telling what the Lord is doing in our lives. Amen? We need to start declaring what God is doing, what he's saying, what he has. And we need to stand with our brothers and sisters. We need to pray. We need to encourage. But we need to encourage one another. But you need to know that your faith, your faith in God works. Your faith in God will succeed. Amen? And that you are valuable and you are precious and you are victorious. The greater one does live on the inside of you. Glory to God. And you are going to make it in the sense you're going to thrive and go forth and receive all that God has. Amen? Glory to God because God is with you. And what does the Bible say in Romans? If God is with us, who can be against us? Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> hey. Well, I've I done my best. Hallelujah. 
We're going to have every head up and every eye open this morning. If you're here and you need to know Jesus, I've shared with Jesus. I'm sharing you what Christianity is all. I'm sharing you how to stand fast in the things of God. When the giants, when you're facing the giants, when you're facing things that come in, you're facing obstacles that look far greater, when they look so terrible. I mean, what are we going to do? We got all this stuff. Amen? And it's impossible. What are we going to do? How do we handle this? Oh, my gosh, we're in trouble. I love the story in the Old Testament about the three kings that went out, you know, with the king of Israel and and then the the king of Judah, which was Jehoshaphat, and they went out with another king and they went down and they were going to go fight the Moabites and and they got out out there and as they were going down, they ran out of water. I mean, isn't that wonderful? You go to battle and you forgot to bring water. Uh, So they're in trouble. So they're like, oh my gosh. So Jehoshaphat says, God has brought us down here to be killed by the Moabites, you know. And then, uh, oh, actually, the king of Israel said that. So then Jehoshaphat, who's the king of Judah, says, well, is there not a prophet around here that we can talk about, talk to, and ask what God's doing? He said, so they bring in, you know, Elijah. He said, cool, or Elisha. And he said, cool. So Elisha says, if it weren't for Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even talk to the rest of you guys a bunch. You guys, you've served your own God. You deserve what you get. But Jehoshaphat's a good guy. So bring me a minstrel because the unbelief here is so terrible. I need some music to help. And that's true. That's what prophets of God do. Go ahead. Get on it there. Hallelujah. So, you know, <laughs> anyways, hallelujah. So, so it's good. <laughs> hallelujah. So the minister comes and the presence of God shows up. Amen. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, it declares, it says, God says, okay, here's what you need to do. You need to go dig some trenches. Go out there and dig a whole bunch of trenches and have everybody start digging trenches because I'm going to fill it with water. There's no clouds in the sky. It's dry desert. But thank God Jehoshaphat was there. So he tells everybody to go dig ditches. And so they, because they're, they're crying out for water. So they dig ditches. God fills it up to all the ditches with water. So they have water. And he says, not only am I going to do this, also, I told you God's a God also. Not only am I going to meet your need here, what you need right here, but also I'm going to deliver the Moabites into, into your hand, into my hands. I'm going to deliver them into I'm going to deliver them into here. And I'm going to do it. You're not even going to have to do it. I'm going to do it. God's a God also. You know, they're out there doing this thing that they don't even know if they're supposed to be doing it. But here's the thing. Your life may be at a place right now. This is by the Spirit of God that you don't even know why you're doing what you're doing or you may not even know where you're going away. You may be floundering. But now's the time to call on God. Now's the time to call on God. Say, okay, God, I've made a mess here. I've been here. I, I need, some, I need, I need some, 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 some water. I need some, some, some spiritual drenching, some spiritual refreshing here. Now, and, of course, God's going to say, yeah, I'm going to give you water. I'll do this. But not only that, I'm going to show you which way to go, show you what to do. God's going to show you the direction you need to go and what to do. You know, getting back to Hezekiah, you know, they told him to do a poultice of figs, put it on the boil that was killing him. And that, you know, with that and what God said, he was healed. And that's why people get so concerned. Well, if I'm believing and I'm in faith, do I go to doctors? Do I not go to doctors? Listen, anytime somebody asks me that question, like I said, this by the Spirit of God, I always tell them, you better go to the doctor because you need to live. We need to get more faith in you. And it's not a, cause it's not a sin to go to doctors. It's not a sin to take medicines. Not any, glory to God, we're trying to keep you well till we can get faith in you to get you healed. That'll take care of all the symptoms, but Jesus is the healer. Amen. 
Jesus is the healer. You do all that you know to do and you trust God. Say, what about when it said, you know, uh, you know, in the Old Testament, you know, King Asa, he didn't, see, he didn't seek God. He sought the doctors and he died. I know that. And it's in there for a purpose to let us know we better seek God first. So we know which doctor to go to if we need to. Or we need to go in the right decision of what needs to take place. Amen. Let God lead you and direct you into the things that God has for your life. God's plan and purpose. But we need to stand with our brothers and our sisters and pray as a church. You know, for those things. And the enemy has said, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. This is what's taking place. Thank God. So it says, well, what if it's God's will for them to die of sickness? It is never God's will for anybody to die from sickness. Period. Ever. You're never going to get me to ever believe that. Y'all know my story. You're never going to get me to believe that. Ever. Because I can't find it in the Bible. Here's the key. You don't have to die from sickness. Amen. We don't. If you want to die, die, but give glory to God. Just say, hey, I'm leaving y'all. I'm going to go home. Here we go. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. God's good. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So let's get back to the altar call, and then we're going to have one more thing said before uh, we go here. Hallelujah. Amen. If anybody's here, you need Jesus to be the Lord of your life and you're saying, hey, I just need to come back to God or come to God for the first time, just raise your hand so we can pray. We're all about salvation. That's the key. I mean, I'm a pastor, so I'm trying to get the church saved and I'm trying to help you guys. I'm trying to deal with all this here. Amen? Hallelujah. God's so good. He is. Oh, thank you, Father. Father, I just thank you. I pray for these folks that are here. They're so precious. They continue to draw. They've brought a supply of the Spirit this morning. Lord, I just believe this message has gone forth in power and in demonstration of what you wanted it to accomplish so that we know that they have faith in their faith and believing in what God said. And the reason they can have faith in their faith because their faith is in God. It's in his word. That's how come we can hang on to it. Lord, thank you for all that. Thank you for everyone that's watching too. Our hearts cry, our hearts desire. Hallelujah. For their needs to be met, their lives to be touched. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Brother Jim's going to share some things here that's going on in our state and some, some junk that's happening. And so just to share with you a few things that's going on. Thank God we can have a voice. Amen. I love you. God, God loves you. Hallelujah. Brother Jim, go ahead. Come on. You do what you need to Thank do. That's good. And then you can dismiss them, okay? All I'll right. be out there to shake their hands. All right. <laughs> Only take a couple minutes. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Pastor. Well, that was a great word. Well, good morning, family. I just uh, I have a, a call to action this morning. You're probably thinking, oh, is Jim going guilt to guilt me to this morning? No, I'm not going to guilt you, but I'm going to give you an opportunity to participate. There are four really bad bills going up in our legislature, which that's not unusual. But the good thing is we're going to fight against them. We're going to rally tomorrow at the Capitol. And I'm inviting you to join us. Just real quickly, I'm going to go through a couple of bills so you can, you'll know what's going on. AB5, it trains teachers to profile the non-LBGTQ-affirming parents. AB665, that basically leads to state-sanctioned kidnapping because that will permit minors that are 12 and above to consent to mental health counseling and mental health treatment at a government-funded 
residential shelter without notifying the parent and without having the parent's consent. I don't know about you, but I don't think a 12-year-old can make that kind of a decision. AB 957 will basically lead to where judges will side with the non with the parent that confirms their trans their trans affirming child. The parent that will affirm that will get custody because of this bill that's coming through. Because how it reads is that the health, safety, and welfare of the child includes a parent's affirmation of the child's gender identity or gender expression. So that could lead the judge to say, well, you're not, you're not affirming that, so we're going to give the custody to the parent that's affirming that. Crazy. AB 1078, this is giving, taking, the state taking control of the local school board. They're shaming the pro-family school board members and empowering the state superintendent of public instruction to punish school boards that don't fully embrace the homosexuality, the bisexuality, and the transsexuality. The school board in Temecula made a a right decision on this, and they're being persecuted because of that decision. So basically what I'm telling you, enough is enough. We've got to protect parents' rights, and the only way we're going to do that is stand up against it. Our legislators are not doing a good job. So tomorrow, we've got people from Southern Cal, Jack Hibbs from Chino Hills is coming up. He's bringing a bunch of people. That's a five-plus-hour drive. We're 50 minutes. So what I'm doing is I'm inviting you to come with us tomorrow. We're, Pastor has graciously said we can bring the church van So what we're going to do is we're going to meet in the parking lot here at the church tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. We already have five seats taken in the van, so we can use about eight more. If we get more people, we'll just take cars. So don't feel like you can't come because there's no room. There's room for you. The more people come, the better. Bring a flag, bring a sign, whatever you want to protect parental rights. Uh, and uh, we'll just go there. And if you have any questions more on what these bills are, because I just give you a little brief synopsis of what they, they could do. Either see Janine or me afterwards. I'll be at the cat desk. And uh, if you want to come, let us know so we can save room for you. That's what I'm asking you to do. So hopefully there will be plenty that will join us. Pastor said we can be dismissed, so I'm dismissing you. Thank you for coming.